Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate the coming of our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. May you be glorified not only today, but every day until we see you soon and come and return. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, while you're already standing, I just want to read a few to us here this morning, and uh, then I'll have you be seated, because at first I was going to have you be seated, but then you stand back up, and it's, you know, some of you thought you came to a denominational style field church, you're like, that's Catholic, stand up, sit down, but it's okay, we're going to read these verses anyway, and I'm going to lie to Advent wreath, so you don't know if it's a Lutheran church, what kind of church it is, but uh, we're glad to have you here today. Welcome to those watching, worshiping online, my name is Derek, and uh, it's a joy to uh, celebrate Christmas with you here today. Luke chapter two, for this month here at Celebration, we've been in Luke chapter one, but today we're mixing it up and we're in Luke chapter two. Bible reads like this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. By the way, I'd just like to remind everybody that it's, uh, this would not be the first time that God used a government decree to get his people into a place to do a miracle in their lives. <laughs> I don't know how that works with your theology, but it's right here in the Bible, so that'll help you. Okay, verse two. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went down to their town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. But while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Want to talk this afternoon or today if you're watching tomorrow which is weird because then it's time loop. Anyway, about joy in Jesus. In the midst of a hectic schedule, a busy season, many things to do and see, and we can all have joy in Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great gift of Jesus. We ask, help us to become more like you today. Help those who've had a great year, those who've had a tough year, and everything in between. Help us to all leave with more joy in our Savior Jesus and when we came. And we ask it in that mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Hopefully you got a note sheet. I'm gonna get to that in just a second. Also, there's a lot of announcements with things going on. As I mentioned uh, earlier, this is an Advent wreath. Now, if you grew up in a traditional church, you might be really used to this. If you didn't grow up in church or you grew up uh, in a non-mainline style church, maybe you're like, I thought, Christmas trees went on the front door or whatever that is, but this is an Advent wreath. Advent really just means coming. And so we've been talking over these last four weeks about the coming of Jesus, but, but we understand it's not just the coming of Christmas, because if you're bad at math, this is actually a couple thousand years ago. 
I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, the first Christmas, a long time ago, not this year. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, we have this. It also means the second coming of Christ. So we remember his first coming, but we're also looking forward to his next coming. And so I'm going to light these candles here. And uh, if this is your first time with us this month, this will be a good, uh, you'll be all caught up to speed. And so the first candle, it's a pink candle. It stands for joy. Now it's not always lit first, but because it was our theme for the whole month, it's going to be first because I didn't preach any message just on joy. It was like joy in each week, you know? So there's joy. We understand that's, that's the pink one and uh, it's each one. The second one that we talked about, which was the first one, I should have tested this more on myself. There we go. Maybe I'll just leave it on while I explain all these. Uh, this was the hope candle. For those that were with us, we talked about how when we spend time in prayer, we have hope that God is hearing us, that he's coming back for us, that we don't have to go through this life on our own, that we can be filled with hope. And then we talked about peace, you know, in this time that we're living in, I think it's great that we're promised peace, not in the absence of trouble, but in the middle of our trouble. We don't have to wait for peace for there to be no world wars. We don't have to wait for peace to only have pay raises. We don't have to wait for peace for our kids to just get good grades at school. We don't have to wait for our kids to clean up their room. I thought I would get a little bit of help from the front row that I'm married to, but anyway, specifically Dana, not Jack. Okay. The better looking one, if I do say so myself, you know. Uh, and uh, anyway, so that was a piece we didn't have to wait. But then on Sunday, just this last week, we talked about love. We can have joy and love. We asked that question, what's love got to do with it? Well, today is the candle that we've really been waiting for. It's the white candle, which represents Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we've come. He's the only reason that we can have joy. He's really the only reason we can have peace and hope and love. Jesus is not only the reason for this season, but he's the reason for every season. He's not the reason that it's been four degrees of sub-zero though. Can I get an amen in Minnesota? You know, the rest of the country is sharing in our pain as well. My family flew here for four days from North Carolina, and I told them it's not always this bad. But every time they come, something happens. So I don't know, maybe anyway. So let me, let me just look at those notes, uh, note sheets there, because when we're all done, we're going to receive communion together. It's going to be a joy to have my dad lead us in that, but then we're also going to uh, have our traditional candle lighting together, and it is that gift of Jesus that we will share with everyone. Um, but you see there on your notes, uh, maybe you, you don't have a note sheet. I hope you do, but uh, a recent study said you are 84% more likely to get a good gift at Christmas if you take notes at Christmas Eve service. It's amazing. <laughs> how that happens. If you're new, that actually isn't a study. I made that up on the spot. I don't want you to conflate that joke with the real things that I'm going to talk about. But here we see right there on your notes out of Luke chapter two, you can have joy in Jesus, even when things don't go according to plan. Now that ought to be encouraging to everybody because we have three wonderful children I say that on a holistic level. Sometimes they're less wonderful than others, but holistically they're there. And I remember before each one was born, Dana, my wife, had made different plans. You know, we were going to set this room up. We, when we got married, we had a, a three-bedroom, or not, you know, after we got married, we bought a three-bedroom house, and, and we turned the office that was a bedroom into a baby room. And she said, we need to put together a crib. So I called some people who could do that. And 
She was like, we need to paint the walls. So I called somebody else that could do that. You know, because the kids would not be safe. It would not pass government standards, you know, if I did it. But, you know, she made a lot of plans to decorate the baby room. And I didn't understand why we needed to change the decorations with each kid. But apparently... That's what she said to do. So I, uh, the second kid was coming and I called some other people. And next thing you know, then the third one was a boy. And anyway, here we are. But there was a lot of plans. Um, but of all the plans I've heard from people who were expecting a child, never have I heard a set of parents plan to have their child born in a barn. Or a stable a cave, whatever your theology here translates to where Jesus was born. No one has, now I've heard a home birth. I've heard of people that had kids in the car on the way to the hospital. I've heard of a lot of different things, but even the Heaths would say, we don't need to have a kid in a barn, right? Okay. The horses can be born in a barn, but you know, this is the story. I, I can't help but think this is probably not what Mary had in mind. But you can still have joy because of Jesus, even when things don't go according to plan. Now, the story of Mary and Joseph was filled with a lot of, shall we say, societal judgment. Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Not exactly the common thread of the day, then or now. And she had to go to Joseph's family's town. Can you imagine having to go visit essentially your fiance's family while you're pregnant with somebody not his. Probably not the way you want to spend Christmas either. And yet things weren't going according to Mary's plan, but God always has a plan. Is there anyone here that's had everything go according to plan for the last three years? Of course not. People made plans. I remember we would make plans and, you know, things rarely have gone according to plan. We've all experienced upheaval and many have suffered loss. Most have struggled through major disruption and all of us can point to a number of things that haven't gone the way that we planned. But I'm so thankful today that we can still have joy in Jesus even when things don't go according to plan. We can still have joy in Jesus even when our kids are acting out. Some of you should have given me a louder amen at that point just because your teenager is in the room and they would have known you're talking about them. See, sometimes just helping the preacher out will help your kids out, but that's okay. You have more opportunities when we go. We can still have joy in Jesus even when the doctors give us a bad report. Right? We can still have joy in Jesus even when the stock market's down. All stinking year. Someone should tell the stock market, green is a Christmas color too, let it go up. And we can still have joy in Jesus even when the mortgage rates keep going up. I'm like, can we get the mortgage rates to go down and the stock market to go up? Anyway, that's a different, it's not a financial talk here today. We can still have joy in Jesus even when it's below zero degrees outside. It was a balmy three on my way to church today, so I just uh, appreciated that. You know, we can still have joy in Jesus even when the grocery store shelves are empty because of a storm that didn't really happen. If you want to know what it's like to live in the South with a storm forecasted, you just lived through it. Everybody freaked out. I went to the store. There was no bread. There was no eggs. Milk was on the... And, and everybody got back out. I drove every day this week. It was safe. You didn't have to buy all that stuff. 
Why? Because our joy in Jesus is not based upon our situations, but upon him, our savior. He's the one who came for us and he gives us joy in the middle of any circumstance. Can I get a good amen? Number two is probably my shortest sermon of the year. Hey, oh, now, now you want to say amen. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. That's real funny. Just a second ago, y'all were staring at me like you never heard of anybody talking back to the preacher. You know, teenagers ain't got a problem talking back to their parents. How come you? Anyway, number two. Number two. We can have joy in Jesus because this message includes all people. This is the next verses that we didn't get a chance to read yet. But Luke chapter two, verses eight to 12, it talks about all people. I love this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You know, if you grew up in church, some of this might sound familiar to you, but shepherds were an unlikely audience to receive this news. They were nearby Bethlehem, but they were not fully welcome in Bethlehem. They were close to the action. In fact, they were most likely raising the sheep that would one day be used as a sacrifice in the temple. They were close to the action, but not really welcome in the action. They were ceremonial unclean. They were doing a job that nobody else was really signing up for. So they were an unlikely audience and yet they would have known all about the message that they heard. Their responsibility was vital for everyone else's spiritual journey, but they remained kept on the outside looking in at what everyone else got to participate with. But this message that the angels delivered was the most inclusive message of all time. They promised good news that would cause great joy for all the people. Now, even if you've not studied history, let me explain to you what that word all meant in the Bible. Hmm. It meant all. It didn't just mean for the rich people. It didn't just mean for the Jewish people. It didn't just mean for a certain amount of people. It meant for all people. When's the last time any message brought joy to everybody? In our time, we are confronted on a daily basis with winners and losers. Specifically today, the Vikings and the Giants. Take that, Pastor Lewis, the New York Giants are losers. We're happy that you lost. That wasn't in my notes, but it felt good to just say publicly because he got a little too excited during rehearsal today. I don't know where I was in the message. Oh yeah, winners and losers. This message meant that everybody could win. We live in a time where if one person wins on an investment, somebody else has to lose. 
If there's an election, when one person wins, the other person loses. If somebody gets the job, they get accepted into college, they get the scholarship, somebody else got declined, somebody else got rejected. But this news would be good news that would cause great joy for everybody. That's a special kind of news. I want you to know that this message includes all people. If you feel overlooked today, this message is for you. If you feel underappreciated today, this message is for you. If you feel overwhelmed, this message is for you as well. And of course, if you're doing great, this message is also for you. (laughs) And if you're having the best year of your life, this message is still for you as well. No matter how bad things have been or how great they've gone, you and I still need this message. But the good news is the message is for everybody. The Savior of the world has come to us. Now, the beginning of this message would have sounded quite familiar. Um, this whole good news and great joy. But in that day, there was a message that Caesar would be the one that would bring that good news that would give you great joy. It was a political figure that the people believed would bring good news of great joy. This would have been a different thing, though, as the the statement finished, right? That all people could experience it. And it wasn't from uh, Caesar, but it was a savior that was born to you. And he'd be wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I can imagine the shepherds hearing this message, nodding their head in agreement. Good news, great joy. They had heard about it in school. They had heard about it on the government billboards. This was a uh, well-understood thought that when the time comes, it's going to be good news, great joy from Caesar. And while they were nodding their head, okay, this is what we've been waiting for, I could see them move from agreement to confusion. Because they'd been waiting for this announcement, but it ended in a different way. They had never heard an ending to this story that it would be from a baby. They had always thought the good news and great joy would come from their Caesar. They'd been told their help would come from government leadership, that their assistance in their time of need would be through political power. So can you imagine their confusion? when they were told it would come from a baby instead. This was a shocking development and a much welcomed turn of events. How can you not have joy when you discover you are now included? And I might add, when you find out not only that you're included, but you're told even before other people hear the news. We all like to know things first. We like to hear about it. Uh, it's, it's why rumors spread so fast. People love to hear things first. They don't even care if it's true. Apparently that comment hit a little too close to home in some of y'all's life because you just chuckled under your breath, but that was true whether you admitted it or not. Everybody loves to hear things first. I, I remember hearing news reports, you can see this and you scroll on social media, different things. You heard it here first, WCCO, whatever those kind of things are, right? People love to say, you heard it here first. But whether you heard it first or whether you're just hearing it for the first time, this message is still good news. It will cause great joy for everybody. This message is for you. So you can have joy in Jesus because it includes all people.
Number three, I only have three points. Some of you are like, is this really going to happen? No, it is. It's, it's, this is really happening. We're moving towards the end of my message, not of the service because we still got things to do. But number three, you can have joy in Jesus in believing what God has said. Not just because what he said, but if you'll believe it. This is how the story continues, verses 13 to 18. The Bible says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. By the way, it's not the point uh, of this point in the message, but let me just remind you, if the favor of God is resting upon you, you can and should live with peace. In spite of anything that's happening around you, in spite of problems, circumstance, all those kind of things, if the favor of the Lord is resting upon your life, you ought to live with peace. Verse 15, when the angels had left them, And gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I think this third point is is the action step for each of us here today because it doesn't really matter if things have gone according to your plans so far. I'm confident Mary did not plan her life the way it had begun to unfold. I'm confident after she realized uh, she was pregnant, she did not say, you know what, I want to go to Joseph's town. I want to see them and I want to have a baby, put him in a manger. I'm confident things didn't go according to her plan. But God always has a plan. It doesn't really matter if you heard it here first or if you've just heard it for the, same, for the first time. The good news is that the message is for all of us. The message is for all people. But the question for us all today is, will we believe what God has said? Hearing good news might bring a little joy for a moment. Hearing good news but believing good news will give you joy for a lifetime. Right now, I told you that the Vikings beat the Giants. You heard it and you were like, that's good news. But because you're a Vikings fan, you're still not sure if you can believe it. You're like, no, they told us things. Believe it or not, the kicker made a field goal. Yeah, yeah. That's good news. Some of you just are like, I can't believe, I can believe we won, but not a kicker. Believe it. We won with a kicker. Hearing it could give you joy in a moment, but believing it will change your life forever. The shepherds were told what was going to happen, but it says that they did more than just hear it. They believed it. They believed it so much, they acted upon it. I wonder, what is our beliefs moving us to do? Their excitement was undeniable, but then the angels left. The lights were turned off. 
The music had stopped and the questions remained. Did the shepherds really believe what they just heard? Or would they chalk it up to a weary dream in the fields nearby? But as I mentioned, the Bible says they put action to their belief that what they had heard was true. So what did they do? They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And of course, it was just as they had been told. (laughs) For each one of us here today or watching as well, do we believe what God has said? I mean, really believe. You're like, I'm here, I'm watching. But are we willing to put actions to our beliefs? Jesus, the Messiah, has come. Emmanuel really just means God with us. As I mentioned on Sunday, Jesus did not come to die for our sins. He came to die for us because of our sins. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. God doesn't love our sins. He loves us. For God so loved us the world, that he gave his one and only son. He didn't die for our sins. Sins are evil. Sins separate us from him. But he died for us because we had sinned. So what will we do with this message now that we've heard? That it's for everybody. Will we believe what God has said? Will we believe, God, that message is for me. It's not just for other people. It's for me. The good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The good news is that we don't have to stay dead in our sins any longer. We don't have to suffer eternal punishment. Why? Because Jesus has come to us and made a way for us to be made right with God. We're saved in a moment, but we're changed forever. So as I pray in a moment, my question is simple. Do you believe? And if so, what will you do with your belief? When we leave here today, will what you believe change the way that you live? Would you bow your head and close your eyes here this afternoon? I want to pray for us, and we're going to receive communion. We're going to light our candles. We're going to think about the price that Jesus paid. But before we go any further, I just want to ask, with no one looking around, whether you're here in the room or watching online, do you believe that this good news is for you? I remember when I was three and a half years old and I knelt down in my bedroom and I said, I believe this message is for me. Changed my life on that day. Many here in this room can remember the the service, the place where they pray, where we all believed. It's not enough to hear the message. It's not enough for a family member to tell us the story. But the question is, what will we all do with what we've heard. We've each heard today that the message is for us. Not just if things have gone according to plan, but maybe especially when things haven't gone according to plan. This message is for each and every one. So I ask us all today, what will you do now that you've heard this message once again? Do you believe it's true? If you believe it's true, have you made a change in your life to live according to God's plan for your life. Instead of just living the way you want to, selfishly and in sin, 
The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, it leads to death. If you've been living that way, on the road that leads to death, would you believe this message? That you can have good news because of, that'll cause great joy. That'll be for all the people. Maybe you're here today, say, Pastor, I believe that message. Maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. That Jesus came for me. I'm gonna pray for you today. You don't have to come forward or fill out a card or join the church, but right where you're seated, right where you're watching, if you believe in your heart, this good news. Jesus said, you, 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 the old will be gone, the new will come. You'll be forgiven from the inside out. There's no greater present than to know for sure that you'll live forever with him, that you've been made new. Jesus really was the first and best Christmas gift ever. And we don't have to work harder at it. We don't have to do it on our own, but we can receive the price that he paid for us because of our sins. So if you're here today watching online, if you're not right with God, but you wanna be, simply need to admit that you've been going the wrong way. It's not a prayer you have to memorize or things you have to recite, but just in your heart, just admit to God right now that you've been living a life of sin You've been going your own way, living for your own plans. You also need to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what it says he did, that he came, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. The Bible says he rose three days later and now he's alive praying for you right now. Do you believe in Jesus, the one who will come and give you great joy? Confess him with your mouth. I'm gonna encourage everybody as you leave here today and you resume your Christmas festivities, why don't you tell somebody, this is what Jesus did for me. Today I made a choice, Christmas Eve, 2022, I made a choice to let Jesus come into my life and change me from the inside out. And I also pray for us all that in a few minutes when we leave, that we'll all leave and allow our beliefs to change our actions, that we'll live as though, Lord Jesus, you are coming again. So Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person that's here or watching online. First, for those who feel far from you. Maybe they've been living a life of sin. Maybe they've been doing their best, but it's just never enough. God, today I pray through your goodness and your grace that you'd save them as they recognize their need for a savior here today. They recognize that their sin has only separated them from you. I pray in each and every person that realizes this in their life today, that they would be forgiven, that they would be made new, that you'd save them just in this moment. But God, I also pray for us all that whether it's this moment or a moment earlier in our life, whatever moment that we surrendered our life to you, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd help us this week and this year as we move forward, that you'd help us to live according to that belief, that our actions would line up with our beliefs and that you would be glorified in the way in which we live. And we ask it in Jesus' name and everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.